Right now, Bet365 are offering a wide range of markets, including first, last, or anytime goal scorers. With over 45 million members, it's the world's favourite online betting company. We've got wall-to-wall Premier League football with games being played nearly every day. And with Bet365's Bet Builder, you can combine match results, players to score, number of goals and more to create your own personalised bets. And if you can't watch all the games live, with Bet365's Match Live feature, you can follow every moment through live graphics and text. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sports betting company. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and the Apple Store. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. Hello, welcome back to 1874 on The Athletic, the podcast that brings you the definitive word on Aston Villa Football Club every single week. I'm joined as ever by The Athletic's Aston Villa writer, Greg Evans. And Greg, I cannot believe we're in this position of doing a podcast going into the last day of the season with it being in Villa's hands. It just seems absolutely unreal. No, it's incredible, isn't it? A good morning to you. And and it, and it is a good morning for once. It's, uh, it hasn't felt this good for a, while, for a long time, really, has it? Uh, writing about and, and supporting Aston Villa. Um, but it's it's all it's all in their own hands now, and that's you know it's, it's an incredible turnaround. Um, just shows really, as I've been as I've been saying for a few weeks now, it just shows that if if a club can pull together a couple of results, um, it can it can really pull them out of trouble. You know, Brighton did it at the start of the restart. West Ham went on a little run um, in the last couple of weeks, and and now Villa are the team that have picked up seven points from their last three games. And yep, yeah, it's all in their own hands, and let's hope they can get the job done again in London and I think the celebrations although the fans won't be there will actually be bigger than than the win at Wembley if they if they win on um, Sunday and get the job done it's just one of those things that never ever seemed possible to me we've done a few of these podcasts straight after the games and to be honest we've spoke like we've resigned to relegation because it just didn't feel like we were ever going to pull off a result but on a night where they really really need it they just chalked off a load of things that they'd not done all season didn't they, Greg? It was it was a great team performance. They've kept a clean sheet. They've beat one of the the big six and the team in the top half that hasn't happened. Responded well to to being under pressure, and they they just did everything right. And as I say, that is just something that they haven't done all season, isn't it, Greg? Yeah, well, as you say, you know, I've been mentioning it all season. I said at the, I said very early into the season that Villa would need to beat one of the so-called big teams uh, at least once to to stay in the division. And last night was their chance. You know, it was their last chance to go and do that. And and if they hadn't have beaten them, I don't think they'd have stayed up. So they've ticked off that box. And it's very rare that you can go through a whole entire team during a game and not pick a bad player. Um, And it's been a long time, especially in the Premier League, since I've said that. Okay, it's still not quite working for Samata and Davis up front. The goals aren't coming for either of them. You know, it's been a a major problem and and a talking point throughout the season. But they ran their socks off. They they really put a shift in for the cause. And, And I remember something early in the first half. It was actually Ali Samata who has been a captain previously for Tanzania and Genk, but comes across as quite a quiet character um, at Villa because of some of the other bigger players around him. But he certainly surprised me when he when he was letting rip at his midfield teammates for not marking up at a throw-in. And that was just a real clear sign for me that every single player on that pitch is pulling together. Um, they all know their jobs now. De- Dean Smith pointed that out after the game. Interestingly, he said that their fitness levels have improved as well. And, and that means that their concentration levels remain higher for longer. Maybe that's one of the reasons why Villa haven't conceded so many late goals. Uh, I think, you know, 
okay, they conceded at Everton and they conceded late against Liverpool, but but admittedly they were chasing the game then. And I just feel that I just feel that this team's really pulling together. You know, that there's a, there's a fight there, there's a belief. Um, they're all working hard for each other. They're all spending more time at the training ground together. They're sleeping there before and after games. And I can I can just see that grit and determination a lot more in that Villa team than I can see in Watford and Bournemouth, which is you know why they've managed to turn this around and and now it's all in their own hands. Yeah, I think there's two key things there. They they did look like a cohesive unit last night. It probably came across more so to you actually physically at the game than it would have done to most on TV. But when they were like defending as a unit and shifting across as a team, that their shape just looked really good and it all looked really fluid. Like they're all moving as one, which is a really satisfying thing to see from from Villa defensively because obviously we know at times they've been a complete mess defensively this season. The second key thing to pull from what you've just said is is that it's not done yet. We're all obviously giddy at a result. It's, it's a great result. All the, all the things that we've ticked off last night to beat Arsenal is excellent, but there's still so many things that, that can change and so many permutations going in to that last game. And I spoke to a few people within the camp last night and the message firmly from them is that their feet are still on the ground and they've still got one more job to do. I think you could see that clearly from the um, from the post-match reaction to the players. Uh, Jack Grealish dropped to the floor. You know, he looked completely exhausted. He just collapsed and, and needed Frederick Gilbert to, to stretch out his legs to stop them seizing up. Eji Konza was punching the ground. You know, he was delighted. But collectively, there wasn't like a massive celebration. There wasn't like hugs and cheers all around because Villa do know that the job is not quite done yet. Yes, Yes, they're in the driving seat. Yes, it's all in their own hands. But as you say, there, there are so many permutations and so many twists and turns that, that could possibly still go against Villa on the final day of the season. And Dean Smith, you know, he remained very, very calm throughout. Um, I, I watched him closely before, during and after the game. And before the game, he was very relaxed. He was talking to Arsenal's um, back, uh, members of Arsenal's backroom team. He had a, lot, a lengthy chat with Graham Scott, the fourth official, um, while he was watching the, the warm-ups. And he just seemed very calm and in, and in control of his emotions throughout the game. And, and that was the same after, you know, he, sh- he shook the hand of every player as, it, as they walked off the pitch, which he always does. Um, gave a couple of hugs to, to some of the, you know, really impressive players. But, but that was it. And he said after the game, he said, look, you know, it is very cliche, the next game's the most important. But... I think when Smith says it, he genuinely means it. You know, he's totally in control of his emotions. And when everybody else has been panicking and me and you, we've both been writing Villa off in recent weeks on this podcast, Smith has remained so calm and so measured and just so decisive in in, in, in his message, really. He just says that, you know, there was there were sniggers, weren't there? And, and we were laughing behind his back when he said that he had a game plan for every single game. But... You know, Villa weren't expected to go and beat Man United and Liverpool and, and they didn't. But Smith had been saying for a long time, the last four games are the games where Villa can get the points and fair play to him. You know, they're proving that they can do that. Yeah, I think that's only natural. Obviously, yeah, we, we were resigned to us going down, as, as I said earlier. But the defensive game plan, you, you could see that in, in every game because they have improved tenfold defensively. But we, we just didn't see the attacking side. And from our point of view and from fans' point of view, you just thought... Well, we're not going to score enough goals to, to stay up, even even if we do defend well. What I liked about last night was we looked good on the break. 
So the, the mm. defensive game plan was there, like it has been mo- most games since since we came back. But the attacking side of things as well, I, th- I thought we looked dangerous. There was a period in the start of the second half where we had corner after corner and we were putting Arsenal under under big pressure, which, which, which was nice to see. There was that key moment again where we've missed a big, big, big chance at 1-0. And we, we don't take the chance. Ken Davis races through on goal and he scuffs it wide. And you think, oh, no, here, here we go again. And, and two minutes later, Arsenal hit the post. And at this point, my, my heart's all over the place. I still don't <laughs> think I, I've, I've come down now. I didn't get to sleep till 4am because I think I was so buzzed from the game. But like I say, it felt like a different Villa last night, Greg. But also the, the miss didn't cost them. And then they, they got lucky with Arsenal hitting the post. And those kind of things just haven't happened this season, have they? Yeah, look, you know, you always need a little bit of luck to to survive um, and and to get the results. I felt like Villa had a bit, a fair bit of luck in their favour last year when they got promoted. Um, and when you compare, say, the two teams, Watford are imploding. You know, in my view, that I can't see them scoring another goal, let alone getting another point. Um, but when you just look how 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 unfortunate it's been for Bournemouth, they've scored two late goals in stoppage time and both have been ruled in, in two separate games and both have been ruled out by VAR. I mean, you know, that must be heartbreaking for them, absolutely heartbreaking. Whereas for Villa, um, it, it felt like they had, the, they had a bit of the rub of the green yesterday, the run of the ball. Um, fair play to them for, for stifling Arsenal because they didn't have a single shot on target. And then he had one real meaningful chance, but yeah, I think I think the two most important things to take away from from the game are, or, or, or from the restart really, is that they've they've tightened up the defence, which has made them much tougher to beat. In six of the nine games that they've played, the expected goals against it is below one, which is incredible, really, because pre-lockdown. They'd only managed to do that in two of the twenty-eight games that they played, and the fact that they've done six, you know, six out of nine is just an amazing turnaround. But the other thing is they've clearly worked on set pieces as well, and and you know they're, they're becoming much more of a threat set pieces. Um, Neil Cutler came out of his uh, technical area, the goalkeeping coach, because he works. He's the man that sets up the set pieces, um, and Villa scored off the first one last night, and and it looked like. It looked like they that they planned that to leave Trezeguet free in in the in the uh, back end of the box. Um, admittedly, a brilliant finish, but I could see on Cutler's face, you know, he was holding his notepad um, that he was particularly pleased with that, and that's become a real weapon in um, in Villa's armour at the moment, scoring from set pieces. Pardon the pun, but obviously Villa have had a, a close shave there, so I'm I'm obliged to to bring in our sponsors at, at this point. Harry's now I got sent a kit. The other day, Greg, it's from Harry's. It's a really, really smart bit of kit. I mean, I'm not much of a much of a like wet shaver usually, to be fair. But I'm definitely going to have a tryout of this Harry's stuff because it looks really good. I don't know whether you've you've seen it yourself or not, but if you haven't, you should you should get yourself a, a trial set sent through, like like I have. You've got yourself a trial set. Well, where's mine? I haven't got mine. I don't, well, have you, you got repl- a freebie? Yeah, yeah. If you reply to the uh, the athletic higher ups emails, Greg, you'll get you'll get sent a, <laughs> sent a freebie because that's all oh, I did. I'll- I, I, must have special. <laughs> I must have missed the email. <laughs> My granddad's been banging on about one of these for a while, so I do not actually need to get him go. one. <laughs> there you go. You can you can get him that if you reply to your emails, mate. So yeah, as a, as a listener of this podcast, you can start shaving with Harry's today as well by claiming your free trial set that Greg Evans himself hasn't yet done. It's three pound ninety five, and you can support our podcast and get your set delivered to you, including a razor handle, five blade cartridge, foaming shave gel, and travel blade cover. All you got to do is go to Harry's dot com slash Villapod right now. You can go and do that. That's Harry's dot com Villapod, and yeah, that's that's the ad read. Sorry about. <laughs> 
Yeah, and Trezeguet's a funny one. He really, really is because half the time I'm watching him and he drives me mad because I'm thinking, well, where's, where's your first touch? He runs into cul-de-sacs and you think this guy just doesn't doesn't look a player. But in terms of, of coming up with goals in the volatile times in, in recent games, he seems to know where the back of the net is and that, that isn't an easy finish last night. He's, he's took it extremely well. That's a brilliant finish, you know, a really, really good finish. And um, his numbers are starting to top quite nicely as well now. Six goals in the... Uh, Premier League. He obviously scored that crucial goal that sent Villa to Wembley. Um, 2020, when you just look at his figures, aren't, aren't bad. You know, isn't bad really. Um, but yeah, look, you know, there are there are uh, areas of his game that he needs to improve. He works very hard. Dean Smith says that he's got the heart of a lion. You know, he, he never gives up. And I wrote a piece about him last week, just detailing um, his journey in football and, you know, and he's worked so hard to get to where he is. He, he was from a, a very poor family. He's, uh, his brothers and sisters used to work extra hours to, to fund um, his football career. He, he had to travel seven or eight hours a day um, to get to training, you know, in Cairo in Egypt, where he was from a, a smaller town, which is, which is three uh, three hours away. Um, you know, it's been a, it's been a, a tough journey for him, and, and he's not willing to give up this Premier League uh, adventure so soon. And his goals could be so so important. You know, those last three goals have got Villa six points, and those could be the points that keep Villa up. Yeah, as you say, his numbers six goals for your first season playing on the wing. It, it, it sounds pretty good, doesn't it? But as I say, he's frustrated the life out of me at times. But there's there's no arguing the impact that he's made in the last couple of games. I just want to pick out. A couple of more players who, who I thought had good games last night, Greg. Like you said, it, pretty much everyone was a six or a seven out of ten, I would say. But I thought Gilbert coming on and playing his first game since early March, it, it would have been just slotted in like he'd played the entirety of lockdown, didn't he? I thought he had a, a really good game. And Conter at centre-back as well, he's maturing into a really good centre-back now. Yeah, I think um, I think Conza and uh, Douglas Louise are the two most improved players since the restart. I think two of them look fantastic now. They look like Premier League players. Um, uh, uh, you know, Louise's levels are incredible. He's, he's he's performed exceptionally well in every single game. I mean, it just shows how fit the boy is now because. Um, the games are coming around thick and fast, and 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 these standards are never dropping. Konza, very good as well. Uh, so many important clearances and, and headers, and just just always seems to be in the right place at the right time. Reads the game very well. He's you know he's a very quiet lad, and sometimes um, I think some of the coaching staff have, have had to had to try and cheer him up. But I, I just think that's his. Um, that's just his personality, you know. He's, he's quite quiet and laid back. I interviewed him earlier in earlier in the season before the before the cup final, and, and he came across as very relaxed. And um, but you know, he's a, clearly a very good defender. And that, and as for Gilbert, yeah, you could have forgiven him for for coming on and showing signs of rustiness because he hasn't played for so long. But he was brilliant, you know, sliding into tackles. Um, and that and that one moment that really summed it all up when he stopped a Kieran attack and, and won a goal kick off the back of it and then punched the air and shouted literally at the top of his voice, come on. And yeah, you know, it, was, it, it was, uh, it was a real, real moment, you know, of, and, and, and that was, that for me was the point where I thought this game is, is turning in Villa's favour now, you know, they've, they've weathered the storm, albeit a very light one and, uh, and they're going to kick on now. It's, it's interesting really, because I put a few tweets out, you know, during the game, obviously, you know, a live blog uh, during the games and 
the, the point of live blogging is to update supporters who are not at the ground what's going on and also share my opinion. Yeah. And every time I seem to share my opinion, that um, it's like, Gregory, you stop jinxing it. And I'm like, what, what, what do you want me to say? You know, I'm, I'm watching Villa here. I feel like they're comfortable. Um, you know, do you want me to say that I don't feel like they're comfortable then because it's going to jinx it? I mean, honestly, I don't know what supporters think because whatever I say has absolutely no impact on what's going on on the pitch. But I think people on Twitter t- tend to forget that. Yeah, I've seen you before though, Greg, kiss of death, Greg Evans saying, saying something and then, then the opposite happens straight away. I, I <laughs> is can that, say is what that, people, are, that, people are tetchy it, about you. It feels like a myth to me because I, I didn't I didn't know that ever happened. <laughs> no, I can remember one game you were doing that and you said something and then literally five minutes later the opposite happened or Villa, Villa conceded or something. But speaking to you, who's been at the games for me is, is really good because I'm, I'm missing being there and you do get a completely different side of things when you're at the game rather than watching on TV. But... At the time, the last 10 minutes felt like they went on forever. I'm a Villa fan, so I'm expecting us to, to concede and, and throw it away. But actually, if you watch it back, we were pretty comfortable, weren't we? Which is a weird thing to say again. Yeah, really comfortable. There was a couple of controversial decisions, so to speak. You know, I think that I'd have to see them again, but there was a tackle that Target made that I, I didn't oh, think yeah. was a foul. No, it wasn't. Yeah, and, and I think there was another challenge that was, that was given um, in Arsenal's favour and uh, Dean Smith was absolutely furious, you know, and it's very rare that I see him get so animated on the sidelines. But he was furious. Um, Villa had a large uh, sort of like backroom and and um, players who were injured presence in the stadium last night, and you know they were all really jeering on the um, the players, and even they were getting very animated towards the end. Um, but Villa, Villa dealt with everything that was thrown at them. Tyrone Mings with vital clearances and headers. Um, Again, I thought he was great again yesterday. You know, he really yeah, led, really led the line. You know, exceptionally well, and just he guides this team through. It's something that I knew he was very vocal on the pitch, but with no fans being in the stadium, I've learnt more about how he guides the team through, and it's it, it's really impressive. And I can understand why Gareth Southgate speaks so highly about him now. Yeah, really, really good leader, and it, and it's great to see. I think that's something that a few people have been questioning about. Where's the leadership, Mings? isn't roaring like a lion and things like that. But I've been saying to people, well, he is because Greg's at the games and he's he's telling yeah. me exactly that, that, that he's so, so vocal and a real big presence in the Villa side. Just to finish then, Greg, one more game. <laughs> Are they going to do it? I mean, look, you know, I'm 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 very confident now. I mean, it's almost in, it's in my head that, that Villa are safe now. It's, I know, I know there are twists and turns. Don't tweet that <laughs> I'm not going to. Yeah, I've learnt my lesson from last night, but... Um, Oh, you know, I just have to speak my mind, and in my mind now, Villa are safe. They, they are. They will go to West Ham. They will get the the result that they need. Um, I can't see Watford. I can't see Watford getting anything against Arsenal, even though Arsenal were were very poor yesterday. Um, and I think Villa will get at least a point, which will keep them safe and and clear up uh, Bournemouth. So that'll be enough for them. And if they do survive, yes, there are there have been a lot of mistakes this season, and they are the they are the best of a very, very bad bunch of, of three teams that um, that are fighting to stay up in the last day of the season. You know, we can't, we, it can't paper over the cracks that, that the one team that does survive out of, out of Bournemouth, um, Watford and Villa have had a very poor season because at times all three of them have been awful. And, <laughs> and I know it sounds bad, but they've found form right at the right time. 
never rule out Dean Smith's teams because they always seem to pick up results when they need them the most. Dean Smith has never been sacked as a manager and there's a reason why because he always manages to get the job done in the end. And I just I just really hope that Villa can go and can go and get the result that they need and, and we can still be talking about a Premier League team next week. Yeah, as I say, and as I said at the start of the podcast, I cannot believe we're in the situation where we're going into the 38th game and it's actually in our hands. It's still Bournemouth that worry me a, a little bit because I can, I can see them going to Everton and getting a win. But now, as long as Villa do what they need to do, that, that wouldn't matter. Greg, thanks ever so much for joining me this morning. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Definitely a pleasure to talk to you after Villa have won. So enjoy your day. Any, any, any pieces coming up off the, off the back of the game? Uh, just a piece, yeah, just a piece explaining how uh, all the Villa players pulled together to to get the win last night. I mean, you know, it, it was admittedly a surprise result. There was no there was no real expectations to go and beat Arsenal, who who had just beaten two of the best teams in the world. But it's just a story really explaining how the team have pulled together and how they're fighting for each other. So if you're interested in reading that, go and have a look. I'll speak to you again after the the West Ham game. Please, God, let it be another happy podcast. I don't think we've ever had two happy podcasts in a row, so it's the first time for everything. Hope you've all enjoyed listening to this podcast. Obviously, easier when the Villa win. Could be job done on Sunday. Let's all keep our fingers crossed. Mm-hmm.